In a world of confusion and hot topics, we are all looking for answers. Welcome to Tam Talks, a place for real and honest conversation on relevant issues today. And here's your host, Tammy Hotzenpeller. Hey guys, well, welcome back to the Tammy Hotzenpeller podcast. Well, I hope you've been enjoying this series on paradigm shifts. As we've mentioned over the last few weeks, we all know that we need paradigm shifts in our life. As we've mentioned, a paradigm is the way you look at life. It's your presuppositions, it's your thoughts, it's your belief system. But often we actually need a shift. Often through crisis, that's when the shift happens. And we talked about that last week with fear, that it sometimes takes something drastic in our life for a paradigm shift. Well, today I want to talk to you about a shift in your convictions. Now, I'm going to be really honest. This whole series that we've been going through has been very convicting for me. Talk about convictions. Because it's made me stop and ask myself some hard questions. Some hard questions about where I stand politically. Some hard questions where I stand religiously. Some hard questions where I stand personally. There's conversations going on right now about CRT. There's conversations going on about our school systems and what we're teaching our children in public schools. There's a lot of conversation. And I'm telling you, this is a perfect time for you to stop and ask yourself some hard questions, to dig deep in what you really, really believe in your core convictions. Most of us have convictions based on what we've been taught or told. You grew up in a home and your parents taught you how to believe a certain way. And so you adapted that conviction. And unless someone challenges that conviction, that becomes who you are. And your identity is through the filter of someone else's thoughts. So I want to ask you to stop and ask yourself, what do I believe in certain areas? So I'm going to give you three areas today on conviction that I think will be really thought provoking for you. I believe that, first of all, we need some convictions in what we believe about our faith, what we believe about our faith. Let me give you a couple verses on conviction, first of all. In John 16, verse 8, in the Bible, in John 16, verse 8, and it said, and when he comes, and so this is talking about the Holy Spirit coming, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness. So there's two sides here. The Holy Spirit's going to come. Now listen, stay with me, because today's going to be more of a biblical teaching. A lot of times I bring you coaching tools and resources, but stay with me, because conviction has a lot to do with your biblical worldview. So it says, when he comes, he will convict you of two things, sin on one side and righteousness and judgment on the other. So we know Holy Spirit's going to come. Have you ever felt that tug in your heart when you felt convicted about something? maybe somewhere you shouldn't go, something you shouldn't say or do. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we need to listen to those convictions when they come. And then again in Acts 2, after Holy Spirit had come, and that says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. So guys, this is true. Listen to me. This is so important that you get honest with your convictions. These disciples, they were up in this upper room. They're freaking out. Jesus had died. They're they're being sought after. And the Holy Spirit came and met with him. And it said they were cut to their heart and said, Peter and the rest of, of the apostles said, brothers, what should we do? What should we do? This conviction has come over us. 
You see, conviction stirs in your heart and it makes you want to do something. Listen, I believe that so many of us have suppressed conviction in our life. We don't want to deal with it. We, we push it down. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to go there. But you've got to stand for biblical conviction. So number one, write this down. You've got to stand for your faith. We are living in a day in America where our faith is being challenged. Really, our, our religious rights are being challenged. And you have to ask yourself right now, what do you believe? Now, I'm going to ask you some hard things right now. First of all, Christianity is based on your Christian belief system. Now, if you are born in America, you think you're a Christian because you were born in America. That does not make you a Christian any more than walking into a garage makes you a car. You have to go deep enough with your core convictions and ask yourself some hard questions. We exercise our faith in the one true God that hears our prayer. That's what Christianity is. Don't call yourself a Christian if you don't have Christian convictions. If you don't follow the word of God and allow Holy Spirit to walk with you, then really you aren't a Christian follower, believer of Jesus Christ. And it's just, it's an honest question to ask yourself. Now you may say to me right now, well, who, who are you to judge me? No judgment here. I don't even know you. I'm asking you to ask yourself, where does your faith lie? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith, so ask yourself, what is faith? Faith is a Christian worldview, the lens with which you look at life. I am a believer, a follower in Jesus Christ, so my faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So listen, let me just ask you right now, can you get alone with God? I, I do this a lot when I talk to atheists or to agnostics, and they say, I don't believe there's a God, or I don't believe I can know a God. Then I just say, ask this question. If there is a God, do you want to know him? If there is a God, do you want to know him? That's where you start with your faith. Now, if you have said, I know there is a God, and I put my faith in him, and I've personally invited him into my life, he is my Lord, he is my Savior, I believe in God, I've confessed my sins, and I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, I am a believer, then let me ask you, where is your faith right now? Are you standing for your faith? Are you speaking for your faith? Are you letting everyone else do it for you? You may not have an America that we know today, tomorrow. You may not be leaving that legacy for the next generation if you are not taking serious your faith. So I'm going to ask you right now, post about your faith, speak about your faith, put scripture out there about your faith, stand for your faith. If you're a person of conviction with your faith, does the world know? So speak out about your faith. The next thing I'm going to say, stand up for your rights. Now, we live in a world right now that we can be vocal with our rights. And I, I've said this before through these podcasts and others that I was quite numb or ignorant or uneducated when it came to my faith as an American or my rights as a citizen of this country. I was not politically involved. I did not say enough because I didn't know enough. But I literally have been researching. I have become an avid person when it comes, or spokesperson when it comes to standing for my rights as a believer. 
And I'm going to give you a couple scriptures right now. It's a beautiful story, and most of us know the story of Daniel and the lion's den. But I'm going to encourage you right now to go back and read this story. I have a lot of scripture, and I can't read it all to you during our time together. So it's basically found in Daniel 3, and it's a story of three boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king had sent out a, a mandate, sound familiar, a dictate, sound familiar, that these three boys had to bow when they heard the music played, and they had to bow to this king. And it was a king foreign to their conviction. And the reason this story resonates with me is I believe I'm being forced to bow to things today that go against my conviction. I feel like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right now, being told that when this alarm sounds, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's a mask, whether it's somebody's conviction for me in my country, whether it's our school system, I'm supposed to bow to these foreign gods. I will not do it. I have a right to my conviction. I have a right to my thoughts. And that's what I'm talking to you about right now. Know your rights. Well, there were rats in the land then, just like there's rats in the land today. And they're out watching. So these men came to King Nebuchadnezzar and they said, there are these three boys, king, and they're not bowing to you. And the king was furious. And he brought in the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he said, is it true that you are not bowing when the horns are blown? When everyone is supposed to bow to me. Now listen, the reason this is so relevant today, it's the same story. It was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel. But because they would not bow, because they would not bend their knee to this foreign God, as you know, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And I ask myself today, what are my rights? Am I standing like these three boys? And that's why I'm telling you, go back and read Daniel 3. I was under such conviction when I saw how strong these boys stood up to the king and the rats in the land who came to them. And again, I've got all the scriptures here and I want to read it, but I don't have time to read it. I want to read this part to you though. It says, these men, O king, pay no attention to you, the rats said. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden images that you have set up. Do you know there's some golden images set up in America today that many of us are being forced to bow down to? And so they went to the king and they ratted him out. There are spies in the land today. There are people trying to come to your door. Apparently, they're going to be going door to door, knocking on our doors, telling us that we need vaccines. I'm telling you what, I will not submit to that. I was just told, and I'm going to share this with you, that if you literally put a sign in your property that said, no solicitors, no trespassers, that if someone does come to your door, you literally can file a complaint against that person. I just ordered a few signs, and I'm going to put them in my, my yards. No trespassing. This is my personal property. That's a right that I have, and I believe that we have to know our rights in the land. So there were threats. There was fear. There was control. They were trying to control, to control society. So the king brought him in, and he said, okay, I'm going to give you a second chance. Right now, bend and bow before me. And these men said, no. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. Throw us in the fiery furnace. And you, you guys, the reason this story is so beautiful, if you've forgotten it, is he did indeed bind them, bound them, just like a lot of us feel bound today. And through these three Jewish boys into this fiery furnace. 
But it was interesting because that night the Spirit of God came to the king. And it began to stir in the king's heart, which I'm believing that the almighty God of the universe, that the spirit of the living God begins to stir in the lives of, of leaders today who are anti-God, that he would begin to stir. And the Bible says that the king could not sleep. And he woke up the next morning and he ran to the furnace. He wanted to see if these boys had died in the fiery furnace. And the Bible says he looked into it. Look what it says. He looked down into it and he said, didn't we throw three boys into the fire? And everyone who had stayed around all night to the firing in the fiery furnace to protect it so that no one would try to get these boys out said, well, of course, King, we threw three in. He said, I'm looking into the fiery furnace right now, and I see four, and they are unbound, and one seems like it is the God, the spirit of the living God. He answered, and he said, I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the, uh, the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Oh, God was working in this king's life. And he allowed those boys to come out. And the Bible said they didn't even smell like fire. Do you realize that right now when you stand for your rights, that people are watching you. They are witnessing your voice. They are witnessing your testimony. God wants to do a mighty work with your rights. What are you doing with your rights? God did a work in Daniel's life with these three Jewish boys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. God wants to do something in your life. And then I want to end with this one. I love it. The third one is stand for your country. Stand for your country. I think one of the greatest stories in the Bible is the story of Esther. And not just because of this beautiful queen, Esther, but even more so, maybe her uncle, Moriah. I believe that he was, or excuse me, Mordecai, Mordecai. I believe as I read through this passage that the uncle Mordecai was such a man of God. If you know the story, they were trying to get rid of all the Jews. Esther was a beautiful Jewish woman that, that had been chosen queen. She was the king's favorite. She was gorgeous and beautiful, and he chose her. And he did not check into her background, not knowing that she was Jewish. And Mordecai was a man of God. He stood for God. And there was a very evil man named Haman. Just as I said in our day, there are evil men out there watching who hated the Jews. And he wanted them um, basically done away with. He wanted them um, extinguished. He wanted them uh, to be killed. He wanted all of them gone in the land. And here was this beautiful queen who said she would stand for her country. She would stand for her people. And Uncle Mordecai came and he said, listen, this man Haman, who is second to the king, has the voice of the king. His ear is to the king. Listen to me, you must go in, Esther, and you must stand before the king, and you must speak on behalf of your people. You must speak on behalf of all of Israel. This is your country. And it's the verse that we all know. He said, Esther, you have been appointed for such a time as this. This will save all of the Jewish people. Now listen to me, guys. As I said, these are two Old Testament passages, but they could not be more relevant than they are today. We have got to stand for our people. We must stand for our country. We must stand for America. And Esther gets back word to her, to her uncle, Mordecai, and he said, Mordecai, you know the rule. I can't just go into the king. I literally have to be summoned by the king. He must ask for me. So she went in and she began to pray that the king would petition for her to come in. Now, guys, once again, it's a short little book, and there are wonder, eight wonderful chapters in this book. And we all know of chapter four when Mordecai said, you must go and approach the king. 
but I love the rest of the story because the beautiful part of the story is that Esther goes into the king and she kind of plays a little bit with her. It's kind of the woman side I think we all have where she says, King, would you please have a banquet? And will you bring Haman in? And if you would so approach me, I would like to come in again tomorrow and have a second banquet with you. And Haman is not knowing what's going on. He doesn't like the fact that the queen has the ear of the king right now. And the king says, come back again tomorrow. She comes back. She has this beautiful banquet. She's setting him up right now in a beautiful way. Now, the reason I like this is, guys, we have to know how to um, understand the times. We have to be crafty as a dove. We have to know what we're doing. We have to, but, but innocent, or, or crafty as a serpent, but innocent as a dove. Excuse me, crafty as a serpent, but innocent as a dove. And that was exactly what Esther was doing right now. She was being crafty, and yet she had the outcome of the Spirit of God on her. So she goes into the banquet, and she says, King, I have a question. What would you do for a people that dearly loved you? What would you do for a people who understood you as their king? And what was happening is God's heart was working on, on the king right now. God was working in a mighty way. And he said to Haman, he said, Haman, what should I do for someone who has loved me? What should I do for someone who has honored me? And if you read the scripture, it's so beautiful because the Bible says that Haman said, ah, he wants to give me uh, the royal accolades. And he said, I think what you should do, king, is you should put a, a, a crown on his head and give him a scepter and recognize him in front of all of the people. And the king said, oh, that's exactly what I will do. Because I've been reading here in the oracles that there was a man named Mordecai. And he's a man that took care of me and loved me as the king. And Haman just set up for Mordecai, Esther's uncle, to be recognized between all of the people, for a crown to be put on his head, for a scepter to be given to him. And Mordecai now was recognized as this Jewish leader, along with Esther, for the people to be saved. But when it was told to the king that Haman had set up a place for this man, Mordecai, to be hung, then the king turned his... his mandate. And he said, the very um, place that you have, have, have dictated for Mordecai to be hung, the gallows that you have built for Mordecai to be hung, oh, Haman, you tonight will find yourself hung by those gallows. Now, guys, the reason this is important is as you read Old Testament scriptures and you see that people stood for their nation, people stood for their people, people stood for their conviction, uh, read this passage and ask yourself, are you standing for America? You guys, we are living in a day that people are not nationalist. They do not love their country. They do not love America. They're trying to rewrite our constitution. They're trying to rebrand our flag. They're afraid and ashamed of our flag. I'm telling you what, and you just happen to come upon a podcast with an American who stands for our country and stands for our flag and stands for our Constitution. Um, I want to kind of tell you this story because it hits home. My son was sitting down with someone who did not grow up in America, and they're very left-wing and very anti-America. And he went to school in Europe. He did not. He's an American who actually went to school in Europe. And he was so against 
our flag and, and America. And he said to my son, Josh, he said, well, Josh, he said, I think that, you know, I'm not for our forefathers. I think this all needs to be rewritten. I, I think it's all a bunch of hogwash. And my son looked at him. And he said, listen, let me tell you what. I grew up in this country. I grew up in history lessons. Don't tell me America didn't talk about our bad history. Don't tell me I wasn't raised to learn about slavery. We are, we are not proud of our heritage, but it is our heritage. For, for someone to come into our country and talk about our nationalism and talk about slavery as though it didn't happen, it did happen. And although we're not proud of it, it was still part of our heritage. It was what Lincoln addressed. We cannot erase our heritage and ever learn from our history. You can't sweep it under the rug. Yes, bad things happened in our country. Let's learn from them. So don't come into our country if you didn't grow up in America and you were not educated in America. Everyone who was educated in America in our school systems understand that there was a part of our history that we're not proud of. But don't say it doesn't exist. Let's deal with it and learn from it. Let's be better from it. I believe that in trying to rewrite history, we're trying to take a part of our history out that did happen and that we can learn from. So it is, it is up for debate, obviously. You may not agree with me, and that is perfectly fine. That's why we have a Constitution with an amendment, with a First and Second Amendment, that you have rights. You have rights. You have every right to speak what you believe. And that's what I'm talking to you about today with conviction. Have conviction for your faith. Have conviction for your rights. Have conviction for your church and what you believe in the Constitution and your country. Have rights. You have them. Know them. But would you speak them with love and grace, not anger? Stand for what you believe. That's why America is such a beautiful country. That's why we have what we have today. So I want to encourage you to go deep, dig deep, study and read, and voice your conviction with grace and with dignity, and use some scripture to base your beliefs on. So guys, I hope this, we went deep today. I know we went maybe even a little controversial, but that's what convictions are. Convictions are controversial. So go back and read this passage in Daniel 3. Read the whole book of Esther, all the verses and all the chapters, and ask yourself, what do I believe about my country? What do I believe about my conviction? What do I believe about my faith? And know what you believe. Be a person of character. Be a person of conviction. Be a person of grace. So love you guys so much. Hey, I'm going to ask you to check out um, what I'm doing right now. You can check out my website, TammyHotsonPillar.com. I've got a lot of information on Story Club and how to teach you and coach you on how to tell your story and leave your story as a legacy. I would love to invite you to join me and follow me on my Facebook uh, feeds and my Instagram feeds, and I'd love to hear from you. You'll find a link on my uh, website that you can send me your comments or your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you, or you can DM me. But I appreciate our time together. I'm going to really continue the series. A few of you have said you like this series of Paradigm Shift, and there's a lot of shifts we need to make in our life. So we'll pick up in a few weeks on some more Paradigm Shifts, but I love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a great day. God bless. Take care. Thanks for joining us today on TAM Talks. You can find more resources and information at TammyHotzenpeller.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. We pray blessings and abundance over your life today. Until next time, stay safe and God bless.